linked it down Mifton. to Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, um, Mifton and Peeved. Mifton and Peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be Mifton and Peeved. Mift. Don't be Mifton and Peeved. I'm the word. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's, 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 it's a real one. I don't use it, but it's Not real. in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. No. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, also DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio, 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, I've got my good friend, Michele Vera. Michele, what's up? Well, uh, it's been like three days without basketball for me because I I didn't watch anything about the All-Star game yet. (laughs) And so I relaxed a bit, and now I'm full of energy for the coming week. Yeah, I'm... I'm not a big all-star guy either. I know the the game was close, 148 to 145 in regulation. But and Russell got the start, which was cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, Russell, he had 11 points and eight rebounds and eight assists. And, you know, it's it's fun that he's in the game. But I'm... I, I don't like like exhibition matchups. Like I, I want real basketball that means something. And until like, I don't know if there's anything that they can do, and I don't know if I really want them to do anything that makes this game meaningful. Um, like, like it determines home court. You know, like don't do, please don't no don't do that please don't. That that is never going to happen. Yeah, yeah don't just don't touch it. It's fine. It's entertaining. Whatever. I. Instead, played Monopoly Junior with my kids. That's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, The Thunder, there's really not a lot to talk about. Uh, Really, the only thing over the weekend, I paid probably more attention to this than I did uh, any of the All-Star stuff, was that NBA.com put out the box out stats uh, under their hustle stats. So if you go to... Uh, stats.nba.com you select uh, player hustle stats the very last column is box outs and the player that leads the NBA in box outs is our very own Steven Adams big surprise Uh, but it's pretty cool uh, that there's like one more stat that can show how valuable Steven Adams is yeah I mean it it it's not a surprise, uh, really, as you said, because, I mean, Steven is so great uh, at boxing out this guy for either Russ or Melo. But for some reason, I thought, like, without seeing, looking at the numbers, I thought that the lead of Steven Adams from the second best player would, would be, like, even more pronounced than, than what it is in reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he, he, I don't know how they count uh, box out yet. Uh, and so it would be interesting to dig out a little bit to understand what is for them uh, a box out, either like a successful box out or just an action where you actually try to box your man out. So right. I need to I need to understand more. But, but as you said, I mean, this is another thing that uh, we can look at in terms of how how many things Steven Adams does on the floor. Yeah, without a doubt. Number two, if you're interested to hear and you're not going to look, is uh, Ennis Cantor. And so, you know, rebounding is something that I felt that the Thunder were headed toward if they would have kept Kevin Durant like, hey, if we can just corner the market on these, you know, incredible rebounding guys and have these two crazy scores, you know, we could really have something here. And had Kevin not left, they could have really done that. And they... um but it's just interesting to see that that Canner is there, and people wondered a lot why the Thunder even traded for Canner. But you know, you look at something like this where he's you know second in box outs and incredible score, and they kind of looked at him as like a six man. I think that people now can see it. <clears throat> but I just thought I just thought that was pretty interesting to see that the Adams is there, and you know, if you listen to to Dunk Don, they did their center rankings today, and. I think they both had him at like seven or I think Danny had him at seven and then um, Nate had him at eight in their center rankings. Uh, for what did, what did you think about their their rankings? 
I mean, I, I thought it was fair. Uh, like they, they, they had like good motivation for every player. I still like uh, Adams more than than Drummond, yeah. even if even with his passing. That this is the only player that I I really don't like in front of Adams. But for the other guys, I mean, Embiid, Towns, uh, Rudy when he's healthy, mm-hmm. um, Jokic. These are like players where you can probably build part of your franchise or like the most of the part of your franchise upon them. Uh, Adams is not there yet. Uh, so it's fine to have him between five and, and, and ten, I guess. I like that they put both Steven Adams uh, ahead of DeAndre um, Jordan, uh, yeah. which I thought yeah. was uh, really fair. And yeah, I mean, with, with Cousins, I mean, um, I think Danny had it. Had, it, had like Adams in front of him, and like Nate was uh, switching the two. Mm-hmm. I think that if you if you want to to look at the uh, as a pure talent point of view, there's no match between Cousins and probably the rest of the world. But oh, yeah. uh, is the fact that Adams is accountable, like every night he's bringing it at his best level, uh, it counts a lot. And I was really pleased to hear them talk about Steven in that terms. Yeah, in those terms. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that you know national people are starting to notice how good Stephen Adams is, even though he's not putting forth the the right counting stats. Like he's not mm-hmm. you know a 15 and 12 guy or you know a 20 and 10 guy. Like he he may never be that just because of the other talent that's on the team. Uh, we maybe we never want that to happen because that would mean there's a lot less talent on the team. But he. He's just an incredible asset to the Thunder. Uh, his defense is incredible. Uh, we know that he is one of the best rebounding bigs in the game, even though he's not getting those defensive rebounds. But these box out stats kind of tell you, like, oh, like he is the reason that Russell is able to get you know double digit rebounds per game. You know, if Stephen Adams played with, I don't know like a Joseph Nurkic or Derek Favors or Alex Len or somebody like that, like there's no way he averages a triple double last season. No, there's no way that he gets close to double digit rebounds. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a, I, I just hope that people start to understand how special Stevens Adams is. And one, one reason I know that people are noticing is that I haven't heard hardly a peep about his contract this season. Last season, yeah. that was all the talk. Oh, I can't believe they're getting this guy $100 million. Are you kidding me? Like, this guy doesn't deserve this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's all local radio would talk about, and I haven't heard a peep of it, which is great. Yeah. And to be completely honest with Russ, I mean, I'm not sure there is another guard that even with Steven Adams on the court with him all the time would have averaged like 10 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not yet in, like, I don't like the the narrative that all the rebounds that Russ takes are stolen by Steven. Right. I mean, there is, Steven is very, very good at rebounding the ball, uh, at box outing, uh, at doing box out to his men. I don't think he's good, as good as um, a rebounder in total. So if he were to, to, to try to take all those rebounds, I'm not sure it would, it would be like so effective for the team. Maybe he would average like 10, 20, 12 or 13 rebounds. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think that having a guy that wants to box out for you and is successful in that, and then having like Melo and Russ that can gobble rebounds uh, off of that, it's, it's best for the team. And all the numbers actually pointing in this dire- are pointing in this direction. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. And this, the, th- the center team is best when they're playing in transition. And there's not a faster way to get into transition than Russell Westbrook getting the rebound. And so I've never had a problem with it at all. Uh, before we move on to our next segment, Mikel, I want to tell you about Andy's Frozen Custard. Uh, you can go to Andy's Frozen Custard today. Uh, they have an Andy's in Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, Colorado, Arizona, uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Illinois, Tennessee, and now North Carolina. So, and they're about to open some stores in Florida. And so if you're in any of those states, and I know we have people in almost all of those states, go to Andy's. They make their custard fresh hour by hour. You can watch it happening through the window. It's unbelievable. And right now you can get their special, which is a mint cookie concrete, which is just up my alley. It's got their vanilla frozen custard with a mint cookie in it. And it looks unbelievable. 
Uh, I've got. I'm probably going to go get one today. Uh, the Andy's is just so good. Go check out Andy's frozen custard today. If you live in Oklahoma City, there's one in on the north side of the city. There's one in Edmond. Uh, you just have to go. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at Andy's frozen custard. Our next segment, since there's not basketball in McKellie and I's world. I thought this would be a good chance to talk about how good last year's draft was and how amazing some of these guys are and how good they're going to be. And one way to do that is to do a redraft of the 2017 draft. And so McKelly will have the first pick in the 2017 down to dunk redraft and we'll be able to get a chance to talk about each of these players and what they can be uh, moving forward. So McKelly... You got the first pick in the 2017 redraft. So uh, this is probably one of the hardest pick uh, because I think that I, I, I'm not like uh, a guy that wants to draft just for for talent, especially when the talent is very close. And so if I look to Philadelphia and where they are at, and since I have look, like all the data of this season from the Sixers uh, and all the data like of, of all the rookies, I think that I would go there with Jason Tatum. Yeah. Um, a, because I think that the talent level between him, uh, Mitchell, and Smith is pretty close. I mean, I, I don't know yet uh, who will end up being the best player of the three. They all have like a great case to be awesome players. Uh, and I think that if you, if you want to maximize the talent you have and the talent you draft, uh, and you are Philadelphia, you want to have Simmons handling the ball as much as you can. And you want to surround him and Embiid with all the shooting you can. Yep. And if you can get like a generational talent in Tatum who can shut the, shut the ball at a very, very high clip from the beginning and a guy that plays defense, then I think, I think you have to go with him. And um, I know that Mitchell will solve a lot of uh, guard problems for Philadelphia, but I also think that Tatum, I, I love him as a player and I love the fit, so I will go with him. With yeah, first pick. He, he's incredible. I was down on him going into the draft because I'm a big, dumb idiot. Like he, <laughs> is, he is so good, and he's really changed the kind of player that he was in college. He wasn't, he wasn't this. He wasn't no. taking a lot of outside shots. He was a lot of jab stepping you know in the mid post kind of guy and a lot of mid-range scoring and to me i saw like a young tobias harris or a young rudy gay and i was like ugh, like i don't know if you want to spend a top pick on that guy uh but he's been able to shoot it from deep he is a passable defender a passable to good defender and he projects to be amazing and he can and he still has that ability to create um and Brad Stevens is just amazing and has fit him into his system and obviously playing him right away. There was a lot of question marks like, can he contribute to a winning team? Can a rookie contribute to a winning team? And the answer has been an obvious yes. Uh, so he's he's been absolutely amazing. Uh, second pick, the Los Angeles Lakers select Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And can, I mean... There is this much hype around Mitchell right now, and he plays for the Utah Jazz, McKellie. Can you imagine what life would be like if this guy played for the Lakers? I mean, yeah. it would be insane. It would be absolutely through the roof insanity if he played for the Lakers. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I mean, I think that all the hype, the hype for Donovan Mitchell is well-deserved. Yeah, I mean, he, he's showing off big time. I mean, we were like high on him for, for OKC, but I remember me saying, well, I like Donovan Mitchell around the 20. I'm not sure I want to trade up for him. Right. And that was really, uh, really dumb. To be honest, I mean, I, I like this kind of explosion from him. I, I really, no one, no one saw that, that right. coming. I mean, he, he's unbelievable. Really, really, he's doing things at a very, very high level from the beginning, bringing it every night, doing like point guard duties, off goal. He, he, he does off guard, like he's doing like everything he can for for Utah, and he's he's been like amazing to watch. Yeah, he's. I mean, he is a star. 
Like he's already a star and, you know, for Utah, I'm really happy that he is there because, you know, as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, like we know what it's like to lose your star player and for them to choose to go somewhere else. Um, and they didn't, I mean, they have, they still had Rudy Gobert, but you need that guy that has the ball in his hands to be able to take over your team and like take them into the next era. You know, the Thunder already had Russell Westbrook. They seemingly didn't really have anybody. And Donovan Mitchell comes in and he makes it to where it's a pretty easy decision for them to trade Rodney Hood, uh, who was looking like he might have been the guy they would try to mold into that type of player, but you know they've they've got it now in Donovan Mitchell and he's he's kind of a hybrid one two uh, but he can create his own shot he's obviously a crazy athlete and you know just won the dunk contest and he's he's amazing and he's he's definitely a star in the making and you know Utah their system is amazing they've got a ton of really good players in that system and if you can bring on a star that can be the guy that can take your last shot and play the pick and roll game through to go bear and you know play within this incredible defensive system like this could be a really good team like in the next like three or four years if you have you know donovan mitchell and go bear going into their prime like wow like that would be amazing and you know if he was playing for the lakers right now i think a lot of people would be like well obviously lebron's going to want to play with donovan mitchell obviously paul george <laughs> is going to want to play with donovan mitchell is it okay? Is LeBron willing to be a second fiddle to Donovan Mitchell? That would be the first take topic um, if he played for the Lakers. But uh, and there's and it's understandable. Like nobody thought that he was. Everybody thought he was a good athlete, but everyone thought that he could only jump off of two feet. And every nobody thought that he could really create like this at the next level. Um, but he, along with Tatum, like both those guys have shown that they have a lot more to their game uh, than what they showed in college. And, you know, he he deserves to be right up there. And it's it would be pretty easy to take him number one right now, too. And maybe that, it could, that could be very short-sighted. Um, but right now in the moment, it, it seems like pretty close between Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I almost did a coin flip. Like, uh, I, I just choose Tatum because I like I, I like to draft uh, taking into account the fit. Mm-hmm. And I think that I want to I want Ben Simmons to have the ball like every time. And so I think that if he, if you want to maximize Mitchell, you have to give him the ball as much as you can yeah. because he's a good creator as well. And he's dynamic as a, uh, is dynamic enough to, to, to create on his own. And so I really think that this is a coin flip, and I, I end up choosing Tatum just because of uh, small fit reasons um, that I think will benefit the Sixers in the long run. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not sure who will end up being the best player. I, I'm sure that in in this way they they could maximize both their their talent in yep. the situation where where they are. Yep. All right, three pick, Michaela, you've got it. Oof, this is uh, again a coin flip for me. Uh, the two guys are uh, Dennis Smith and Lonzo Ball. Uh, if I don't count the dad uh, into the into the mix, then I would probably <laughs> go Lonzo Ball because I yeah I still like his talent more. I mean, he's he can be really a generational talent mm-hmm. as well, and especially uh, if he. I mean, no, I, I go Lonzo Ball uh, because if you if you think about Brad Stevens and how he can mold the offense around ball passing, uh, it is it is really a good uh, thing uh, to to have. And so, I, I like the passing. Uh, the, the shooting is sort of like uh, averaging uh, a bit, and the defense is not bad, and the rebounding is always being. Okay, uh, super. I would say. So, in a in a system like Boston, in a team like Boston, I think that ball will fit pretty pretty nicely. Yeah, he he would be really really nice with with Stevens and in that offense where like really nobody dominates the ball in that offense mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah, I think I think that would be a nice selection. What is he shooting from three? I'm looking this up. <laughs> Uh, it's surely not good, but it is better. Yeah, yeah. but it, if if you account how bad it, it, it was shooting like, at the beginning of the of the year, yeah, uh, I think this is a good uh, indicator. It's thirty point seven, so it's 
it's not great. Uh, I admit that, but it's improving, which is what you, you want to see from a rookie. Well, and I'll say this: that he he would be shooting a heck of a lot better with Boston than he is with the Lakers, just because he would have the space, and he's probably more of a system player than he is what he's doing in, in with the Lakers. So I think that would be, I think that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and also I don't see the fit with Kyrie and and, and, and Smith. I know that when you draft yeah. so high, you don't you don't have to take in account all this fit uh, argument. But in the end, how do you develop Smith? I think you need to give him like thirty five minutes, and I'm sure uh, Brad Stevens will find those minutes for him. Mm-hmm. But still, I I bet on Lonzo's talent uh, because it is there, and and if you if you if you include the, the the amazing passer he is the fact that he's an amazing passer with Stevens I think he you have to pick ball there yeah yeah I think that makes sense uh okay the fourth pick man I'm gonna look like a big idiot but I still I'm gonna take Markel Fultz okay his talent is just undeniable and I know that he's having trouble with his shoulder and his shooting and everything like that. But to me, if he, to me, he's like the biggest boomer bust guy in this draft today. Like he, he could get over this and still be the best player in the draft. Uh, or he could be like a third string point guard, you know, like I don't know which it's going to be. Um, but if I'm, I'm Phoenix, you know, I, that this team just has to swing for the fences, you know. I, I don't. I love Devin Booker, uh, but beyond that, I don't really like any other talent. I didn't really like the the Josh Jackson fit. He's had some good games. He played really well against OKC, but he's hasn't really shown a ton this season. Uh, but if you can have a dynamic backcourt of Fultz uh, back there with Devin Booker, I mean, like if if they can both develop into what they can be, I mean that's as that's like a like Portland's backcourt basically, and that's they would be amazing. But the, obviously, there are a ton of questions about Markel. Uh, but I I don't know. I, I I think that he can still be amazing, and I I hope that he can get back. I hope I hope he doesn't play the rest of the season, and I hope he stays away from all cell phone cameras when he's shooting the basketball. Um, but I hope that he can get back, and if he can, like you're still talking about a guy that can be the best player in this draft. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like, if you don't pick him with the fourth pick, I will definitely pick him uh, with Sacramento's one. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's totally fair what you're saying. I mean, Markel, I mean, he, he has some some issues now. Yes. But the talent was there. The movements, like the, the, the fluidity, uh, his creativity with the ball. I mean, uh, I, I think that, as you said, having one year off would be would benefit um, would be beneficial for him because uh, what he's going through right now is uh, it's almost unbelievable. So uh, I I like the idea of picking him uh, for Phoenix because they have like a lot of pick coming up, and so they can risk one, especially with, on a talent like Fultz. Yeah, and I also <clears throat> don't want Fultz to go to the Kings. So that's another reason why I took him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind having Dennis Smith uh, to the Kings, though, because yeah. I think he's, yeah. uh, he's, a, he's a headstrong guy. I mean, he, he's confident, uh, which can be like, I mean, you can take it both ways. But I think that the, the fit with uh, Sacramento is great. The talent is there. Uh, I love him uh, as, a, as a point guard, uh, especially with guys like Bogdanovich uh, with Buddy Hill that can shoot the ball at a pretty high clip. Having another shooter, a, a dynamic point guard that can create from the pick and roll, I think it will be great in uh, in Sacramento. And to be honest, I I think that what he had this season showed me more than what the Aaron Fox has done so far. Uh, even if I like the Aaron uh, quite as much, but I think the nod goes to to Dennis Smith because I mean what. The, the, the physical profile and the ability to create from the beginning um, in pick and roll situation to me is huge. Yeah, I I think that he he's a guy that's going to do what he's going to do wherever he goes. Yeah, and he yeah he could be really good there in Sacramento. Sacramento needs and you know Darren Fox is still not a bad pick, even though no. I, I would want Dennis Smith over him. Uh, you know, Darren Fox is a guy that could still be you know, the the start of the 
much needed makeover in Sacramento. And, you know, this, this next draft is going to be massive for them. You know, if they can get a Luka Doncic or somebody like that, like then I feel like they're really headed in the right direction. Um, yeah. Okay. Next pick. This is the sixth pick going to the Orlando magic. And I really like Larry Markkinen, but I hate Larry Markkinen with Orlando. <laughs> so I'm not going to take him. Uh, but I am going to take our guy, Frank Nilakina, um, Oh, for the Orlando magic. I wow. Just, I just feel like he is maybe one of the highest floor guys of the rest mm-hmm. of all these guys, just because you know, he's going to defend. And I have a lot of confidence in what he can do offensively. I feel like he will eventually be able to run a pick and roll just fine. He can shoot it. Uh, I just feel like they need some stability there at the point guard position. And I feel like he could be a lot of what they thought Alfred Payton was going to be like a really solid defender, a guy that can run your offense, uh, can, and he can do what, um, Payton can't do. And I feel like Milliken is going to be able to shoot it. And so, um, I love his size. I love his ability. Um, there's other guys like I, I like Jonathan Isaac. I don't hate that pick. Uh, but this is a guards game and you've got to you've got to have a good guard and they don't they don't really have any and so um I'm going Frank Nilakina. Uh I think I will stick with uh Lori for Chicago Lori Markkinen because I I, yeah. I, I think I think he's good. Yeah, he is good. He, he can shoot it. I mean and I, I think that what we have seen so far from him justifies the pick. Uh I I here I'm I'm torn between him and Fox because I think that letting Fox slide is not wise because he will be very very good yeah. I think um, but to be honest I like the way Chicago is going uh, right now and so I mean I will stick with him uh, the, the, again the shooting is there I think that he has some tool defensively to be like adequate at least and. Like a seven footer that can shoot the ball like like he does is very valuable in today's NBA. Yeah, yeah, Markins. I I didn't know. I thought that he would be fine. I thought that that was too high for him um, on the day of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he's so good. Yeah, uh, I think Darren Fox is an easy pick at eight now. Yeah, for the for the Knicks, and I feel like he's got the kind of personality to go to New York and probably flourish there. And maybe this is too far for Fox to slip, but you, I, where I don't worry about Nilakina's shooting, I worry about De'Aaron Fox's shooting. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure that he's, I don't know. I, I just worry about that a little bit. And, but I do think that he can be dynamic in the pick and roll. And he's obviously incredibly fast and quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he could be a leader. And I think that uh, the New York fans would absolutely love him. And he's good at soccer. So that counts. That's right. He's <laughs> playing soccer with Steve Nash. If any of you are Dream Team subscribers, uh, you you want to hear last the last episode where Fred accidentally, where he's when he's at All-Star, walks into a room where Steve Nash and De'Aaron Fox are kicking a soccer ball back and forth <laughs> to each other. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he's 32% from three uh, this season, De'Aaron Fox is. And, you know, it's obviously the Thunder have a guy that doesn't shoot it well from three and they're doing just fine. But you have to be elite to be able to be a guy that can be a top 10 player or even a top 10 point guard. You have to be elite at almost everything else uh, on the offensive end to you know, not have a three point shot and still be that guy. Like it's just, it's just too tough in this league to not have a three point shot. Yeah. What I'm, I mean, I'm optimistic because of the way he, he, he can use the point of attack. Like when he, when he uses the pick and roll, a screen in the pick and roll, he really turns the corner. He, he can, yeah. 
he can kill you uh, with that because he's so fast. He, he doesn't attack the pick and roll horizontally, but he does it vertically, which is what great players does, or great players do. And so, I mean, I trust him to be a great pick and roll guard. And the 32% is actually a good thing for me because I thought he was like, at the beginning of the season, my prediction was he will shoot it like in the twenties, maybe. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's shooting seventy four percent from the free throw line, uh, and it is improved from the beginning of the season, and the three point shooting is already at thirty two. I mean, it's it's a good sign, and mm-hmm. so I'm not as worried. Uh, but we know that uh, when we have like this sample size, which is not huge on these three pointers, uh, the data is pretty. Uh, variable so we we don't know yet mm-hmm. but still i mean i i'm still confident that that he, he can turn out like he can be like a re- reasonable shooter of the catch yep uh you got the ninth pick okay so this is i think we we have to go with uh with isaac uh yeah. and probably he deserves to be um in the mix for for any pick from five to ten, sure. uh, we don't we didn't see enough from him to be honest. And Orlando is a huge mess, so we don't know what to make of what to make of any of uh, their guys as of uh, yet. So I really think that Isaac has potential as a um, four five uh, in uh, stretch four stretch five in, in modern NBA, and so the value is there. He can defend. He slides his feet very well, but again. Uh, it's hard to judge uh, um, because Orlando didn't put him in any uh, position to succeed, and he he hasn't been very healthy. No. And so it, it's it's kind of a peak where you have to do it because it's uh, nine is um, way too low from him for him, I think. Mm-hmm. But on the other end, you saw enough from the other guys uh, to to pick them before. So I think he can thrive in Dallas because he can I mean Carla is, uh, is a warlock so he can do everything with with these kind of players and I think it's it's the time to pick him sure yeah he's I mean he's only played 15 games this season and that's honestly that's probably the reason why that he's fallen for us yeah is because we like yeah. you said we haven't seen him uh, but yeah he's got the potential to be you know, one of the best five players in this draft if he can maximize that potential. Uh, but in Orlando, it's 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 just a tough situation. It's tough for all those guys. It's tough for Aaron Gordon. And you can see when guys get out of Orlando, like a lot of those guys thrive. Tobias Harris, he's been amazing for the Pistons and now for the Clippers. Uh, Oladipo, obviously, is a guy that, you know, started to really figure out how to play in the NBA when he, started, when he went to Oklahoma City. Uh, so... It's it's a tough situation. Hopefully, they can start to change things. They have new management there, uh, but they they still have a long way to go. Uh, tenth pick. Uh, this is where my heart starts to just throb and hurt, and everything. I'm feeling dizzy because I'm taking OG and an OB at ten for oh, the yeah. Portland Trailblazers. This was our guy. McKellie, yeah. this was this was our guy. We exchanged so many text messages about OG Ananobi last spring uh, through the summer, and we thought the Thunder should trade up to get him, uh, and they didn't have to do that. But he fell to the twenty third pick, right through the fingers of Sam Presti uh, and to the Raptors. And he's been a, a big time contributor for them. Um, he's, he's very good. Like he's going to be an amazing three and D type player. Uh, he's, he's kind of a selfless player. He's a guy that's willing to be a role player uh, on a good team. And you know, the, the thunder uh, are missing a guy that can be a good defender uh, at that two spot, and there's somebody that's playing in Canada right now that would be perfect to slide into that starting shooting guard spot, and he doesn't play for our team. But I would take him at 10. Uh, he's really good, and I feel like he's going to continue to get better. Uh, he may, if he can learn to create his own shot, then like watch out. Because like I've said this about Isaac, but I think the same thing about OG. Like If he can figure out a way to create his own shot and create his own offense, then you're talking about a guy that could be a top five-ish pick in this draft. Uh, He's definitely not there yet. His shooting has even fallen off. Um, 
from the beginning of the season, but his defensive ability, his athleticism, his short shorts, the dude's got it all. Yeah, he is massive. I mean, if you see like Toronto play, there is like a huge dude that's almost huge as, uh, as Ibaka, and that is Steve, uh, that is Oji Anunobi. I mean, he he has like he has the size of a four man, but he has the agility to to guard like two and twos and threes, which is amazing. And you're right, it would have been like the perfect fit for OKC for this uh, version of OKC. Yeah. I'm I'm not entirely down on the pick yet because I saw. I saw glimpses of what uh, Ferguson can be, but if you look for a contributor this season, I mean, I don't know people that have been like perfect for what OKC needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it hurts to 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 see him taking a twenty uh, with the twenty third pick, but still, I mean, don't lose the hope entirely uh, on Terrence Ferguson because I think in a year or two we we may see things differently. Yeah, I've said that. I am. I don't hate the pick, uh, but I'm also incredibly disappointed. <laughs> like, yeah, like I like Terrence Ferguson, um, but I also am. I also hate the pick at the same time. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reason to me that, that you can hate the pick is the following: you, you don't have the guarantee to have the same team next season, right. and. I mean, you can look at maybe in three ways and, uh, and, and maybe more, but on, the, on one end, you can say, well, Anunobi increases the chance to have a successful season now. Mm-hmm. And so it helps you keep the core together. But then you think, is Paul George staying because of Anunobi? And then you will say no. And if that is the case, then taking a guy which has like more upside in terms of shot, shot creation, in terms of um, overall potential... Uh, it's maybe it is maybe the best choice if you are not sure to keep a superstar. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very hard, and I think that I don't think that Presti took this decision lightly. Uh, I think that OG fits probably all the box uh, of the, of the perfect prospect that uh, Presti seeks for, or or, or um, I mean the, the the guys that Presti drafted in, in years past. Mm-hmm. So for him to take Ferguson, it means that he saw something. And I'm I'm more inclined now to, to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. after what I saw. Yeah, I've heard that Pressy said it was an upside swing. And it was a, yeah. who do I think in the next you know three years will have the most uh, trade value? And yeah. he thought Terrence Ferguson over... Everybody else, Jared Allen, OG Ananobi, both of who you could say could contribute more to this Thunder team. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Kuzma, uh, our guy Derek White, uh, Josh Hart. Um, Josh Hart would look pretty good in a Thunder uniform right now, too. Yeah. Uh, but certainly doesn't have anywhere close to the upside of a Terrence Ferguson. But Josh, Josh Hart's freaking good. Like, he's, he's, he's going to be a solid player. I don't know if he's like a starter in this league. Even though I know he starts for the Lakers, but I don't know if he like starts for a title team. But he's definitely like one of your seven or eight guys for sure. Yeah, he can be a Denny Green, uh, yeah. a Denny Green type, and I think it's that that has value. Oh, but, yeah. And you may want to draft for a Denny Green when you are twenty-one, mm-hmm. but if you can draft for like I don't know a Mitchell at twenty-one. Uh, then you may want to do it. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, that Ferguson is so young that you can you cannot judge the pick this season. You yeah. simply can. And and he's got he, he's got a ton of talent, and he is super confident too. And you know he came in, and not a lot of guys could do this. Where he came in, you know, late in that Memphis game. Probably wasn't even expecting to play that night, and he hit two massive threes, you know, for this team down the stretch, and was part of the reason that they won that game. Um, so he's, I feel like he's gonna be a guy. He's gonna be a guy that can come in and contribute. And you know, he put it on. He's put it on the floor a little bit more, more and more as the season's gone on. And it's like, oh, like I can, I can kind of see that. I can see him creating like that, and he could be, you know. If this team, if we're lucky enough to keep this team together for the next you know, three or four years, you know, in two years, they could be like, oh, Terrence Ferguson is a candidate for sixth man of the year. And like, mm-hmm. that wouldn't surprise me 
if he was yeah. that type of guy that could come in and score, you know, 12 to 15 points off the bench. Um, and he can create a little bit more by then and stuff like that. But uh, as of today, uh, I'm still uh, crying myself to sleep about OG Ananobi. Uh, 11th pick, Michele, you've got it. I think we have to go with Kuzma. Yeah, uh, Kuz, I, I know. That's, that's, I, that's I, my guy, too. Yeah, I don't like the fit uh, with uh, with Charlotte, but the drop off in talent oh, between him and the next guy is to be. Yeah. And so I think you have to go with him. Um, and you can start him right away, I think, yeah. with the way Charlotte is doing right now. And I'm really sad about Malik Monk, by the way. Uh, I was yeah. kind of high on him. I said, well, maybe Charlotte can benefit with a guy that is instant offense from the from the bench. He can shoot it. And he basically disappeared from, from the beginning and never showed up. So, yeah, I think I go with Kuzma there. I like the shooting. I like the, the, the profile. He can be a perfect four to match up with uh, any center that they have. Uh, even with Kaminsky. I mean, if you want to go like full shooting and no defense, who cares? Uh, then you can go with that. And yeah, I think that, that Kuzma can be a steady starter in this league. I'm not sold in his overall potential. Uh, like, I'm not sure he has another gear or two. Um, but for what he's shown this season, I mean, you cannot take him uh, with a, like, already outside the top 10 is it's, it's it's maybe underselling what is is done this season, but I think I'm I, I do think that Charlotte so will take him if available. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, for Detroit, man, I, Luke Kennard doesn't look that bad now. Like <laughs> sliding there uh, or you know fitting in right there where he was. Um, obviously, looking back, like taking him over Donovan Mitchell. Uh, does not look wonderful for them because he went just no. a pick later. Uh, but I think Kennard is pretty good. Uh, I'm like Josh Hart, Bam Adebayo, and Kennard are like the three guys that I'm like trying to choose mm-hmm. from for Detroit. And like if I'm looking at overall talent, like I may go Bam Adebayo, and then like you just have your center position locked down for for good. Like you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about any backups, um, but then you're limiting. Like you can't, you can't play those two together. So I probably. Well, s- oh, you well, think you could? Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, Adebayo to me has a lot of upside in many directions. Yeah, he can protect the rim. He can dribble a bit. He may shoot the ball in a year or two, and so who knows? Uh, I think that you cannot be like a team that plays 35 minutes with Adebayo and Drummond that may right. be not ideal but to have him to have them play together for 15 to 20 minutes who knows depend it depends a lot on who are the other guys yeah. but but I think I'm very high on Adebayo um, especially the potential that he has to be like more of a floor general than what he is right now yeah, I I really like him, and I'm sure Miami's like, man, I can't believe that we signed Hassan Whiteside to this contract, and like <laughs> now we like really want to play Bam over him, and they may be better for it to play Bam. Even though he's a rookie big man, which typically aren't that great. Like he's amazing. He's really really good, and just because I like him so much, I'm going to take him over Canard and put him in Detroit, and you know I. You know, Stan Van will probably could probably do wonders for him. Like Stan Van is really good, and I don't. I think that Drummond is lucky that he has Stan Van Gundy there because I'm not sure that he learns to that he makes this leap, this next leap that he did this season without Stan Van. You know, if he's in Sacramento or some somewhere like that, like he's still like a fine starting center, but he's like the 25th best starting center in the NBA. But like now, like he's he's really good like Andre Drummond like I thought I thought the gap between Drummond and Adams was massive to start the season and now like I didn't get upset whenever somebody said that he's better because I feel like he has improved that much yeah the passing especially I mean to me uh, to me where I don't get upset as well uh, about Drummond uh, even if I I think that Adams helps you win more um, it's the passing that is unbelievable uh, how how big of a change he made? I I was looking at cleaning the glass stats, and he went from like the 
18th percentile in terms of um, assists uh, and passes to the like 78 or something like that. Oh wow! Uh, in terms of assist percentage, yeah. Uh, let me That's look it crazy. up uh, when we when. We, meantime uh because I, I thought that number was out okay uh assist percentage it, it comes from like uh 5.9 30 in terms of um percentile to 16.9 90th percentile yeah uh, <laughs> like it is like yeah it tripled so, his assist percentage i mean that's insane. exactly exactly so it is unbelievable. And if you look like uh, in his first season, it was 18, then 5, uh, as always as a percentile, then 10th, then 13th, then 30th, and then 90th. So it, it, it is like unbelievable. <laughs> that doesn't make and, any sense. No. And the, the assist uh, on usage, assist to usage ratio, ratio goes from 0.29, which is good for 11th percentile in the league, to 0.78, which is 86th percentile so like Drummond went from a very bad passer to an elite one in one season it is really unbelievable yeah that doesn't happen like that just that just doesn't happen that's amazing uh let's do let's just do two more picks we'll go through the lottery and then we'll, we'll wrap it up so you have the 13th pick uh now the extremely sad Utah Jazz are not getting an, a, a star here at the 13th pick anymore. Do they trade up? I don't think so. If Mitchell is not there, they don't oh, trade up. No. I think. No. So shall we draft for Utah or for Denver? Uh, let's draft for Denver. Then I go... Um, you took Adebayo. I may go with... Um, hmm. I mean, I don't like Kennard for Denver. Um, oh, no. Like, absolutely not. I, they, they don't the need best, more guys that can't do <clears throat> No, but they don't need centers either. So no. they, they, don't, they don't need John Collins, for sure. And, I mean, I don't like George Hart here. I, I don't. Oh, why I don't not? Really Be- because, yeah, maybe you, you go for that. Yeah. No, um, I think you go with Jordan Bell. Ah, that's what I was, I was actually uh, just about to suggest him because uh, he's perfect to to come yeah. in off the bench for them. Yeah, and you can pair him with with uh, with Jokic, and you can yeah. even think that the defense can be good with him. Yeah. You can either pair him Millsap or uh, or Bell, and, yeah. or Millsap, yeah, with both. So um, yeah, I think you go with with, with him. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Jared Allen is also kind of interesting just as your, he would be a backup to Jokic, yeah. but like that's a really interesting backup center for them. Uh, yeah. But still the problem is that their roster is completely overloaded with big men and yeah. a big, a lot of big men that you don't want to play with Jokic or that you can't play with Jokic, but they do anyways. Yeah. Jokic is good offensively. He's uh, oh, amazing. Man. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Uh, okay, so 13 Denver, last pick uh, in the lottery is the Miami Heat. <laughs> this is just a, it is, does not look great here, McKelly. Um, like there's just a lot of guys in this range and mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't completely understand the Justin Jackson, Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf. Uh, nope. Like <laughs> that whole, those are all guys. I was like, oh man, like I really hope the Thunder don't get stuck with any of those guys. Uh, I like John Collins. Um, yeah. So I might go John Collins. Uh, Harry Giles is a terrifying draft selection. Uh, yes. We mentioned Jared Allen already, who I really like. Um, Tyler Lydon. Is you can go with Ferguson here. I am not as down. I mean, I, I think that he can be taken from like 14 to 18 pretty safely. Well, and here's here's why I would take Ferguson for Miami is that I feel like they're a franchise that gets a lot out of guys like him. And exactly. He, they make you, if you play for the Miami Heat, you work hard. And like, that's it. Like, period. Like, done. Statement's over. Like they have made people's careers there um, in Miami, um, and so I, 
I would feel comfortable like sending Terrence Ferguson there, and I feel like that could be a place where he could really flourish and you know become a really solid NBA player and maybe even a starter. Because like you look at a guy like Josh Richardson, who is in ways similar to a Terrence Ferguson and like stature and stuff like that. Like they're, you know, you could say that, you know, Ferguson, like his ceiling for Ferguson could be a Josh Richardson type of player. And and Richardson obviously has a better floor game than what Ferguson may ever have, but um, they're similar in a lot of ways. And so Mm -hmm. I would, I would be very comfortable with that. Deion Waiters had the best season of his career there because they make you be in shape. You know, Wayne Ellington is a guy that bounced around the league as like an eighth or ninth guy. And like, you look at him now and you're like, Oh, I'd really like to have him. You know, Tyler Johnson has this massive contract and had he like, you know, played for maybe any other team in the NBA, he may not be in the league anymore. You know, he's, he thrived there. Um, it, it makes you wonder, and and a lot of you know James Johnson, another guy, bounced around the league, couldn't really find a home, gets to Miami, he's amazing, you know. Yeah, it makes you wonder a little bit, and I know that Justice Winslow's a lot of it's been health for him, but a lot it makes it makes you wonder a little bit about him, um, just because he hadn't had the same success as some of these other guys, but. Uh, I would feel very comfortable taking Ferguson there just because I have confidence in, um, you know, the coaching ability and the ability to, you know, bring these guys up and make them into real players. So yeah, for Terrence Ferguson, 14th pick, uh, even though I don't feel a hundred percent wonderful about it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I'm really mad with you. You said that Dion, Dion, Dion had the best season in Miami. Like you, traitor. <laughs> hey, you know what? Blame Kevin freaking Durant for all of that because had Kevin not left, we would, Dion would still be basking in this cloudy weather in Oklahoma City today. Yeah, and we we would have like the one of the best condo in his island. So, oh man, yes, uh, I'm still such a Dion believer. I still love him. I still feel like he's. Yeah, it's but they feel amazing. that the, the the island is not there anymore. The like right. there's no well, he, island. Yeah, he he's hurt, he's out. If he's if he was still playing, man, and you have this gritty Miami Heat team that he was like the leader of, like the the island would be hopping right now. Yeah. Just yeah. just wait till next season. Yeah, I will. Uh, all right. Anything else? Any other like comments on this draft? Is there anybody that you look at and say like they're right there on the fringe of being taken like zach collins was a guy that went you know 10th you know i i was really high on zach collins and still kind of am i still feel like he could be a really good player uh luke Kennard, who was taken 12th uh i don't hate him i think that he could be a, a six man kind of guy but he mm-hmm. really won't be able to defend um is there anybody else jared allen we've mentioned him several times yeah i like his potential john collins and josh hart i yeah. josh hart i think these are the next five pick in any order. I think that Collins goes 15. Uh, yeah. in, again, important. Uh, maybe Kennard or Monk can go to Minnesota because I think that they can be like a um, good fit in the future. Uh, maybe maybe Josh Hart can go to Milwaukee to yeah. to, 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 to be like, like a, a high floor pick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, John Collins, I think... He is very productive, but I'm still not sold on his overall career. I mean, right. he, he has issues defensively still. Um, and to be honest, I mean, he's playing for a very bad team. So it's hardly, uh, it's, it's hard to judge those players. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You, you, yeah, I remember uh, last year uh, people judging Sabonis very harshly mm-hmm. because of his production in, a, in an elite team. And then biggest surprise he goes into a team where he has more space and where like he can can be in the right position and boom he explodes and play the right position exactly exactly he he plays the five and and so on the other end you look at players in a bad situation like michael Carter williams putting up big numbers in a meaningless context and then they go into to maybe a more competitive one and they disappear completely so 
it's way too early to do a redraft, but I think that what we did was to to look I look in both directions. So all the data and the, the thing that we knew uh, coming to the draft. And so uh, even if Collins has productivity way more than Isaac or um, or even Monk and Kennard, I think that what we knew about those guys coming to the draft still matters a lot because of because we didn't see uh, like enough data to to be conclusive. Right. Yeah, I I agree with all that. And maybe maybe Malik Monk should have been the 14th pick just because yeah, yeah. You know, like I everything I said about Miami like maybe Malik Monk is a six man of the year type guy here in a couple of years for them. Um Yeah. And yeah. He he's definitely in that mold, but he's he's has the limit you know, like some of these guys like you see like the limitations of like a Donovan Mitchell or Jason Tatum or Dennis Smith or Alonzo Ball, like you see all their limitations, and it's easy to like say like ah like I don't know if they're gonna make it because of all these reasons. Well, they've already almost all those guys have overcome like most of those limitations and shown like oh well they have enough elite attributes to be big time players in this league. Well, with Malik Monk, like all the negative things that you could say about Malik Monk before the draft is like, Oh, like those have all come to fruition here in his rookie season. And exactly. Sometimes rookies suck. Like sometimes that happens, but it doesn't mean their career is sunk. And so to bury Malik Monk, we may look pretty stupid here in a couple of years, but uh, right now it doesn't look great. And he's in a really awful situation um, in Charlotte, but you know, these we're not doing like a redraft because like we're saying like this is how it should be but you know you look at the draft order and there's some obvious mistakes in there um even now uh but going forward these things change a lot they change a whole lot you know Tyreek Evans was a guy that people would say should have been taken number one in that draft with you know James Harden and Blake Griffin and like Steph Curry and like now obviously he'd be like in the 20s so like yeah. things change quickly in the NBA um McKelly, anything else before we go no I, to, to 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 this point I mean you really want to look when you when you judge player and you before the draft and then you you go into the the, the next year you want to look at as you said at what they were able to do and what they didn't show at the college level and what they are putting their effort on mm-hmm. and the, the perfect example of that is um, both Mitchell and Tatum yep Tatum was said to be an ISO guy, no outside shot, no defense, no passing. The first game I saw um, in summer league. He was doing those three things. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> he wasn't taking shots. He wasn't. He wasn't looking for for shoot uh, uh, to shoot the ball when he was um, contested. He was looking to guard his man hard, pass the ball whenever he could, and try to shoot the three ball. It means that you have the right mindset. And with Donovan Mitchell, he was said to be like an average creator and not an ex- explosive leaper and maybe not a reliable shooter. Boom! Right from the bat, try to create. Try to shoot reliably from three, uh, improve your balance, and show off your athleticism. These are the mindset that makes you think these two players will be great because what we saw was huge, and what they show us is to improve everything they were not um, very good at at the college level. Yep, yeah, exactly. Another guy that I feel like we talked a lot about heading into the draft that we hadn't mentioned yet, Shimmy Ojale, um, who's at the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Started off the season really well, kind of falling off a cliff a little bit um, and looking like a second rounder for them. Like he's still a really nice athlete. He's freaking strong. Like he's a monster, yeah. uh, but he's shooting 29% from three, you know, 36 or 30% from the field overall. Um, yeah. You know, he's, and not creating as much like and cannot create. So. And so like his, talked about like limitations of guys like he is showing all his limitations so far and he may end up being a good role player down the road but as of today uh, you know doesn't really belong in like the lottery conversation um no so no uh Michele, thanks for coming on the show if you're not following Michele on twitter i'm not really sure what you're doing at mikey barra Follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Continue to leave us five star reviews. You guys have been fantastic at that. Uh, it just means a lot to us. I know there's a lot of you that listen uh, every week, and you haven't taken the ch- you haven't had the chance to do that yet. If you're at lunch or taking a break from work or whatever, just go to your phone 
you know, type down to dunk into the uh, Apple Podcast app. Give us five stars. If you have more time on your hands, you could leave us a nice note. Not necessary, but would be very kind. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, listening to us. We love doing this, so we just just appreciate that you guys take the time out of your day to listen to us. Uh, we will talk to you guys again Wednesday. There will not be there's not basketball, but we're still going to give you some content. Alex Spears will come on. We'll give you something fun to listen to on your Wednesday. Uh, we will talk to you guys again then. <laughs>